Hey everyone, this is Jason Carpenter, the host of Dead Rabbit Radio, and the episode you're about to listen to is our Thanksgiving live stream episode. It is a full episode. It has three really cool stories. It is a full episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. The reason why it's so long is afterwards we did a about an hour and a half long answer and question, or is it question and answer session? No, I give the answers and then you're like, whoa, how did he know what my question was going to be? So this is a full episode of Dead Rabbit Radio with a bunch of bonus content. I hope you guys enjoy, and I hope you guys had an awesome Thanksgiving. A contest in the Philippines is supposed to bring joy to the country, and instead it brings deadly riots. A man driving his car down the road has a close encounter of the turned kind, because like the cars are turning, stuff like that. And then we travel to the world of sci-fi. Is it possible that there really is a pair of glasses out there that will allow you to see aliens on Earth? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having an awesome Thanksgiving. The way I think we're going to do this segment is I'm going to go over the story, then maybe take a little break and look at your comments and things like that. Hey, Peter. And we will go from there. We'll just kind of be flexible with it. But first off... Let us go ahead. I didn't have someone picked out to fly anything in this. Hey, Fehu. So we're just all going to hop on board. We got no pilot. It's totally autopilot this time. Should have installed this. Let's hop on board the Dead Rabbit rowboat. We are headed out to the Philippines. We're rowing. We're rowing and stuff like that. My back's all hurting. So I'm assuming you guys are actually rowing. I'm just going to sit back drinking some sparkly and ice caffeine. Mm, that's one thing that's good. That's one thing that gets edited out of the podcast is my constant drinking of stuff. Constant drinking of stuff. Hey, comfy. So we're going to the Philippines. The year is 1992 and PepsiCo in the Philippines has a problem. They're looking at their spreadsheets. They're looking at all of their stuff and they go, This is shocking, actually. I didn't know a major company could be this sucky. Pepsi only covered 4% of the market share in the Philippines, which is nothing. I probably have 4% of the market share in the Philippines, and I don't even make soft drinks. So they they were like, okay, this 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 guy in Oregon makes more money than we do in the Philippines. Let's decide to have a lottery. They did this in South America, and it was a huge hit. So they go, let's do it in the Philippines, you know? over there. So they have this thing that if you bought a Pepsi, a 7-Up, or a Miranda drink, I'm assuming that's some sort of drink, not just a person named Miranda who works at PepsiCo, on the caps, they had a three-digit number from 001 to 999. And it's a lottery, basically. We've all done this. I mean, uh, Coca-Cola, I remember I used to have this Scam, don't tell anyone. It's probably past the statute limit. It's probably not even a crime now that I think of it. I used to live off of free Coca-Colas. What's up, Stuart? I used to fall off of clean uh, free Coca-Colas. 
And they had a thing where now they have QR codes and super things you got to enter into the computer. Thank you, Rampart. Really, really appreciate that. That is awesome. Um, I used to, they had a little thing that was a free Coca-Cola <clears throat> and I was super poor at the time. And I would go to the store and I would just look, I'd tilt them. I'd tilt them. Somehow I evolved. Like they were designed not to do that. Thank you, Wesley. They were designed not to do that. You should decide not to be able to see, but somehow I was able to figure it out. Um, so basically, this is what is going on there, except without all the rampant fraud, except without me trying to break the system. <clears throat> now, in the Philippines, they use the peso, and you could win anywhere from 100 pesos. So you buy a Miranda, which Historical Hiker just said is like an orange drink. You can buy a Miranda drink. Uh, uh, and you could win 100 pesos, which is about $4. Now, the average daily wage in the Philippines at the time was about $4. It was 118 pesos. So imagine if you could buy a drink and you'd earn a day's wage. <laughs> That's huge, right? But that was just one of the lower end prizes. The number, the number one prize was 1 million pesos. And there'd be $40,000 in U.S. cash at the time, which was the equivalent to 23 years of work. So, of course, everyone was buying these drinks. Could you imagine buying a drink? I mean, even just get one, one day off, basically, but to get 23 years worth of days off for buying a Pepsi. And if you lose, you still have a delicious Pepsi. Their market share went from 4% to 25%. They didn't corner the market. But they had a corner of the market, which is just as good, right? It's not as great, but it's pretty good. May 2nd, 1992. Wait, let me back up. This is where I would do a cut. So the way that the, the, way that the prize was done was that they had them made at a factory. It was super secure. They had them made at a factory. And you had a three-digit code and then a security confirmation code to keep counterfeiting down you would be able to match up that bottle with that security code. May 2nd, 1992, the daily number is announced. It is 349. So check your check your bottle caps, guys. Check your Pepsi and your Miranda bottle caps if you have one. The number is 349. It's announced on the news. It's a huge deal in this country. But... There was a that number wasn't supposed to be that. Well, it was supposed to be 349, but what happened was there was a computer error at the factory. So more than two caps were listed with 349. A total of 800,000 caps were worth a million pesos. 800,000 people were about to earn 23 years of never having to work, never having to work for 23 years. But of course, that's that's not what that's not what was supposed to happen. Pepsi had set aside two million dollars for this competition. Because of this screw up, they were on the hook for 32 billion bucks. Now, Pepsi is a big company. I don't think they can take a 32. I don't think they can. I don't know many companies that could take a 32 billion dollar hit. So they immediately were like, hey, guys, so, sorry, so, sorry about 
making you think that your life was changed. There's only actually two winners out there. We have the security codes. Nobody else can win this money. So what do you expect would happen in this situation? You figure people would be upset. That's true. You figure people, first off, they all rent to the PepsiCo plants to redeem their caps. And that's when they're like, nope, sorry, sorry, dude, we don't have any money here. As trucks full of Pepsis are constantly going out. They came to the plants. They weren't getting their paid the money. The Pepsi came out and said, listen, we don't, we're not going to, we're not going to cover any of this stuff. We'll tell you what, though, tell you what, to make it up for you, we will give you $18 per cap. So that's still a good week's worth of labor. Half the people said, that's fine. Like they got that it was a total error. Half the group said, we'll take the 18 bucks. We're not going to get anything else. The other half of the people formed the 349 Alliance, which actually sounds pretty badass. <laughs> Honestly, 349 Alliance. Now they didn't take their $18. They think that they are deserved 1 million pesos. So they begin protesting. Oh, pesos. Pesos, you're walking through the street. They're walking through the street. They're walking into banks. They're all pesos. They're like, yeah, we know that's our currency. Why do you keep yelling that? They're walking down the street. They start protesting outside of Pepsi factories. Pesos. Pay. They probably had a catchier slogan than that. And these people are like, what does that even mean? You're just saying what we use to buy stuff. They start protesting. That doesn't work. They call for a boycott of Pepsi. That doesn't work. So then, and, and just and just the, remember, this all started with with soda caps. They begin setting Pepsi trucks on fire. So now they're hurting. They're hurting what they truly love. I'm sure most of them were addicted to Pepsi at this point. Pepsi trucks are driving down the street. People are setting them on fire. They're breaking into parking lots. They're destroying the trucks. And then that's not even the top thing. And then one day, a couple people were at a Pepsi warehouse typing. Doing stuff, do 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 do, selling Pepsi, selling Pepsi out of the back of the warehouse. They're black market Pepsi salesmen. A grenade comes through the window, kills three people. So now everyone's like, okay, let's. We might want to rethink this three four nine alliance thing. There were rumors that Pepsi had actually hired agitators, like Pepsi. There was a rumor that Pepsi got some South American mercenaries to come and be like. Hey, we really need this protest to end. Would you mind setting our trucks on fire and lobbing grenades through our windows? South American mercenaries are like, yeah, that's what we do. It's a Wednesday. That's what we always do. Then, to make matters even worse, there was a Pepsi truck driving down the road one day, and someone came up alongside of it and threw a grenade into the Pepsi truck, and the explosion killed a mother and her child nearby. So that's that's pretty rough. At this point, public tide was turning. I think probably the first grenade attack, people were already like, I don't know about this whole 349 Alliance thing. They did kill those three guys at that Pepsi warehouse. But at this point, pretty much all the protests stopped. All the attacks stopped. The court cases, though, continued. And eventually, Pepsi goes, listen, we're so sorry about that. We'll offer you $380. And then most of the people said, we'll take the $380. Way more than 18. It's way less than 40000 But 
you know, again, you probably threw a grenade at someone. You're just hoping to get some money to get out of the country. And then a couple of them hold out for even more money. Supreme Court, the Supreme Court of the Philippines had to step in and say, you don't deserve anything. You, you get zero money. You should have just taken the $18 or the 380 bucks. There was no way you were going to get $40,000. As far as I can tell, I mean, again, this story just happened back in 1992. Thanks for the thanks for the support, Stuart. This story just happened back in 1992. As far as I can tell, no one was ever prosecuted, you know, for like throwing throwing grenades into stuff. You know, you know the big crimes. It's one thing. Listen, setting Pepsi trucks on fire is still like a crime. It's still technically a crime. But when you're throwing grenades at trucks because you didn't get forty thousand dollars. You might want to reevaluate your life decisions. However, you also have to think that Pepsi probably should have done something more on the outset to take care of this whole situation. So that is just another weird, is this a thing now? Another, this is one of those weird, wacky stories that have just kind of been lost to time. I had never heard about this before. People's lives are actually affected. And I'm actually, now that I say it, I wonder what happened to the two people who had the winning lid. Did they ever get their, they were the ones throwing their grenades. They got their $40,000 and they're like, the fire rises, brothers. They use all their money to buy grenades. I thought that was a weird story. I just saw that the other day. I don't even remember how, it, oh, actually, I do know how it came across it. I saw it on Reddit. So I wanted to give a shout out to the real big JC22 for posting that in uh, Reddit. So I really, really appreciate that. Man, it is. Burn. I'm going to open a window real quick. Let me know if this changes the um, the audio quality. Because I'm wearing this, and I got my pajama pants on. I'm wearing this shirt. Ugh. Okay, I'm back. Take a little segue real quick, if you don't mind. I posted this on my Twitter yesterday. Something really weird was happening yesterday. Something really weird. Hey, Nicole. Citrus Heights, dude. Citrus Heights in the house. I I came across something weird yesterday. I was watching, I don't remember what I was watching on YouTube. Something dumb, probably. I think I was just wasting time. I saw a commercial. It kind of like struck me. I was like, what? It was a commercial for the Rise of Skywalker. And it said, coming soon. This film has not yet been rated. And I was like, what? Didn't that movie come out last year? Now, because I obviously am into like the paranormal and stuff like that, I immediately thought, <laughs> I immediately checked my calendar. I was like, did I travel back in time? Did I go back in time? Now, I didn't, as far, <laughs> as far as I know, but it popped up. And first, I was thinking, because I think, I think I was watching um, Red Letter Media earlier. They were doing something about The Force Awakens. So I was like, maybe that triggered some sort of algorithm. For the rest of the night, I got pretty much two ads playing back to back. Now I'd get ads for like, and I uh, the schizophrenia ad pops up. Still, that's always weird. I would get ads for the Rise of Skywalker coming soon in uh, Christmas, which again came out in 2019 last year. And every time that commercial came on, I looked down at my little digital clock on my computer. I was like, still 2020, right? I'd get commercials for that. Uh, the other commercial I got was for a model car. 
a model. No joke. No, this is so weird. And again, I don't, I'm not a big believer in synchronicity and stuff like that, but I get a commercial for the model car of the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Not just the DeLorean. I should have added that part. It's like, oh, it's a DeLorean. It was actually, it was actually a like Back to the Future time machine. And Melk just said the Blu-ray release. That's what I thought as well, but that's been out for a while. And again, it said, thank you, SK. Really, really appreciate it. Again, it would say this movie has not yet been rated. It was, they were running the ads that they ran this time last year. So, one, YouTube is ripping off Disney. They're charging them. This could be happening all over the world. And they're charging Disney to run ads that Disney doesn't even know is running. So they're getting like an extra million dollars. Two, we're about to time travel. Basically, like right now, the was a thing. It was a thing going on. The veil is getting thinner and thinner. And we're all about to go back in time. Or, or actually, there's a thousand other rational explanations. But I remember thinking, I remember when I first, <laughs> that's how, that's that. I remember the first time I saw it took more than one time. The first time I thought, did I go back in time? And then it goes on and on. And I kept doing it throughout the night. And then my first thing was like, if I went back to the year 2019, my first thought was, I don't want to have to record all those episodes again. Like that would be super weird to have done all that work and then have to do more work on it. So different time zones collapsing. The uh, that was Bonkelman's comment. Yeah, I would. But then I figured, you know what I would do? Obviously, you would warn people about the whole COVID situation. You'd be like, I'm just running around. Everyone's going to get sick. Everyone's going to get sick in a couple of months. But not really everyone. Just some people. But everyone's going to be afraid they're going to get sick, and you're not really going to know what to do for the first um, first hundred days. Yeah, sure, Eric. Shout out to Eric. And then, um, yeah, I would just be, I'd, <laughs> I'd probably save a bunch of lives, but then I'd have to like re-record episodes. So that would be rough. That would be rough. So re-record episodes, re-record episodes or save 200,000 lives. I, lives. I was hoping maybe I could go back in time and keep my files on my computer. That's how lazy I am. I don't mind going back in time, but do I get to keep the files on my computer? So let's go ahead and move on to our next topic here. This one's a shorty. I haven't done a lot of stories from thinkaboutadocs.com lately. I've been doing a lot of stuff and I kind of want, I really like that website. I hope you guys aren't getting tired of it. I think subconsciously I knew I needed to take a break. But, um, yeah, I I really like that website. I like them because they're just kind of these short, creepy stories that we can look at. Um, and then to ask, answer Ryan's question real quick, because he has to go take a shower. What's the hottest cryptid? I was thinking about that the other day, that big bootied reptilian that I covered last year. I was honestly sitting there, and I was thinking about, that you got, I don't remember the episode, but there's an episode where I talk about falling in love with a big bootied reptilian alien. So that would be that one. And thank you again, Stuart, for get, keeping the spirits up in the chat. Let's go ahead and hop in the Dead Rabbit Dirgible. We are going to head on out. We're leaving behind the Philippines. We're saying goodbye. We're drinking a bunch of Coca Cola. 
because they didn't honor their sweepstakes. And I'm, I'm have a bunch of bottle caps in my hands, a three, four, nine on them. I'm throwing them out into the people below. Everyone get rich, but no grenades, no grenades. We're flying away in the dead rabbit dirigible. Dirigible is flying over the Pacific Ocean. I think I think that's the easiest way to get back. We're headed out to Seattle, Washington. The year is 1997. Wait. The year is 1972. Had a little, little brain. It's the time travel. It's, it's the veil getting smaller. The year is 1972. We're in Seattle, Washington. We are walking down the street. I don't all know why I always put myself into these scenarios and then I have to like go, oh, never mind, never mind. We're not walking down the street. Hold on a second. Gotta take another drink. We're walking down the street and we see a car. There's a bunch of cars. We're walking down the street. There's a bunch of cars. There's a bunch of cars. This isn't a norm. This isn't no abnormal. Ugh. Sorry, Mike got lightheaded there for a second. Hey, zap zap. I think I have a problem because I stare at myself while I'm talking. And it actually hurts my eyeballs. It like makes you dizzy when you do that. Like I feel a little, little lightheaded. Okay. One second to recalibrate. I'm going to do a little stretching. I'm going to burp, burp away from the mic. Hey, Velvet. Oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, it was weird. I... I've had that sensation before doing the live stream. I've had that sensation before doing the live stream. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah, we're ready. Yeah, it's just weird. Okay. Hey, Cantillions. The year is 1972. We're in Seattle, Washington. It's a sunny afternoon day. And there's a man driving... Stewart. Yeah, I'm fine. There's a man driving home to interview... And, you know, he's probably a pretty good interview whether or not he got the job, but we'll just assume that he did considering what's about to happen. His car comes and it stops at an intersection. He's just sitting there, cars idling, listening to some 1972 music. He's waiting for the light to change. And then he says... He becomes aware of a sensation to his left. So he's sitting in his car. And he can sense something on the left-hand side. Can tell something staring at him. He can tell something is intently staring at him. He says he turns to his left and he sees what he calls an old junker car. A beat-up piece of garbage. Maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe they weren't driving the Jason Jalopy, but it was a beat-up car. And he looks and he says what he sees is a woman, sure enough, staring at him from that car. She said, he said, she had an exceptionally round head, large round head. Not so much like gray alien, 
but he almost said that it was like super obese. Like just, just so you're like Jason, you're just saying like this big old chick was staring at him. Well, it's a little more than that, right? Because that's not a story. But he said like he had like a she had like a big obese head, not like a gray alien head, big obese head. And she's staring at him, and he's still waiting for that light to change. But now his view is kind of locked on her. She said he said her eyes were wide open. They were bright blue. You're like, Jason, you're just describing a normal woman. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm saving the best for last. He looks at this woman. She has big, bright blue eyes. Pale skin, super white skin with red lipstick. Super bright red lipstick. And, and hair. She had hair on her big head, her big dome head. What makes this scary? Because again, I've just described basically you driving down. The, not you, not you as her, but I'm saying everyone's seen this. No. What is scary is as he's looking at her, she looks relatively normal. She's a little pale, could probably use some more iron in her system. She smiles at him. <laughs> I just realized it. Uh, let me go ahead and finish it. She's, she smiles at him, okay? This woman, this woman who may or may not be totally normal smiles at him. And he notices... <laughs> he notices her teeth are made of wood. And then he drinks. He drives away. Okay, so when I first read this story, I thought, whoa, dude, that's like when I, at that time I was driving on the road and I thought that I saw that alien. Not alien. When I was driving on the road and I thought I saw that demon. Remember, I told a couple stories like that where I thought I saw that. No, Milk's like the poor girl. I thought it was, okay, when I first read it, and I read it a couple times, I thought... Oh, dude, it's like when I saw a demon in the car next to me or driving past me, maybe this guy. She doesn't do anything spooky. She doesn't do anything spooky. She's just an obese woman with a lot of lipstick on and wooden teeth. I totally thought it was creepier than that. Actually, now that I think about it, this poor woman, well, it's 1972, so she may not be alive anymore. She might be. It depends on how old she was. Depends on how much she took care of her teeth. But, sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's just a story about a woman with wooden teeth. I thought it was going to be a story about a man who, did you like even how I built that up? It was like super slow because I was like, oh, I can't wait till I get to the teeth part. This is going to be super spooky. And as I was reading, I was like, wait a second. She's just an overweight woman with bad teeth. Actually, <laughs> now that I'm looking at these notes, let me show you. This is the actual sentence here. She stared at him and then fixed a very broad Cheshire cat-like grin. Showing, showing, wait, sorry, I had to do it. Showing very square yellow brown teeth that looked like they were made of wood. So they, weren't, they weren't even made of wood. They just looked like it. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. I thought that <laughs> after I saying, hey, how come I don't do think about it? Docs.com anymore. That might be why. So.
Thank you, T-Man. Thank you. Really appreciate that. And that woman looks like she might have wooden teeth. I, yes. So that is not the case. Yeah, I know. I know. That, <laughs> that was not. To be fair. To be fair. I didn't make the report. I didn't make the report. If it was me making the report, then I'm just reading, <laughs> just reading it. But I thought that was spookier. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a Thanksgiving episode. Okay. But we have a really cool story to wrap this guy up. Really cool story to wrap this up. And then I'm going to stick around and we'll do some question and answers if you guys want to kick out, kick around and stuff like that as well. Let's see. Oh, and this owl painting, we should talk about this real quick. Sorry for the podcast listeners, but this owl painting I got at Artifacts Bookstore and it was like two bucks and it has a little hole. Oh, guys, here, hold on. I think I might have shown you guys this before, but I'm going to show you something. I'll take a quick break. Yeah, when you stare at yourself talking, you actually get dizzy. It actually makes you dizzy. Check this out. I got this for free. I got this for free. It was actually Sabine helped me get it. Dude, check that out. This is a watercolor Bigfoot painting. I, don't, I haven't figured out where to hang it up yet. I kind of want to hang it back here, but I'm afraid I'm going to bust it up with my, my chair rocking back and forth. And then while I'm up, got my Bigfoot, Bigfoot lunchbox. So, you got around town, people always. Yeah, I should put. I you know I I always thought you know it'd be a cool um, logo, but I'm not an artist. Is the uh, you know how Bigfoot's doing that walk, that walk pose? If someone could put a book in one of his hands and just write on it Book of Mormon, that'd be a sticker. That'd be sticker. You could have Book of Mormon Bigfoot. People love that theory. Mormon Bigfoot, monkeys don't exist. Those are the two. Yeah, I thought about that. You could just put a little tie on him, a little tie on the Bigfoot. Monkeys don't exist and Mormon Bigfoot are my two like go-tos when I'm talking to people about the show that haven't uh, haven't heard about it. It's like, well, do you think monkeys, do you think monkeys exist? Yeah, well, of course. Well, you should listen to my episode. I've thought about going back and doing more haunts. You got to be careful. You don't want to keep. One time I did a whole week about Vampire Lord Kevin. I love that week. I absolutely love that week. I should just repeat that at some point. But he had so much material. Hans has a ton of material as well. But um, he, he gets... His YouTube channels keep getting shut down for a reason. Like, I... Not a huge fan of people being censored and stuff like that. He doesn't... You just, <sighs> but anyway, so you got to be careful how much Han stuff, how much Han stuff you cover. I, again, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I wish him the best of luck. Wish him the best of luck. He's a young man. I don't agree with him, but I don't think he's a, uh, a bad, I don't think he's a bad dude. I think he's probably, I think at heart, he's a good person. I just think he's misinformed about a bunch of stuff. So I, I wish him the best. Um, doesn't mean that we don't have a, I, I think 
don't know. I don't know. I kind of have, you know, I guess, I guess I've kind of adopted Hans. Adopted Hans as my conspiracy son. He will someday become the true Mungo Jr. I'd like to do something with him, but yeah. So we are, we've left behind the Philippines. We're now saying goodbye. You know what? We really should pull the guy from the last story. Let's pull him out of his car and make him apologize. <laughs> make him apologize to this woman, this poor woman who he put on a UFO paranormal website to talk about how spooky things are. We're basically just punching him in the stomach. We're like, apologize, apologize. He's like, what? I thought it was spooky. She had horrible teeth. And as we're punching him, as we're beating this guy up for being rude, we all feel someone looking at us from behind. We're like, what? We're slowly turning around and behind us. She's just still standing there. She's just still standing there on her phone. She's like, what, guys? I just have that type of aura. We're leaving behind Seattle, Washington. We are headed out to Los Angeles. Oh, wait. What, I have to say what vehicle we're in. Let's hop on board the Carboner Copter. Everyone get on board. Our hands are all sore from doing all the punching. Um, <laughs> my elbows. I was throwing in a couple elbows there. Hey, Robert. Let's all hop on the Carboner Copter. And, and Nick just asked, who's Hans? Um. That's a long story, but you can check out episode, what is it, 151, 152, somewhere around there. Hans is a man who believes monkeys don't exist, and he's 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 a jewel. He truly is a jewel in the YouTube crown. We are all hopping on board the Carpenter Copter. William Bertle says there's 50 of us. We're all getting in the Carpenter Copter team at standing outside. We are leaving behind Seattle, Washington. We are headed out to Los Angeles, California. Helicopter is flying over the West Coast. Now, this story is partially a story, mostly a story, but I want to say real quick, I want to say really quick that a quick dead rabbit recommends. There's a lot of movies that I saw that I assume other people saw who are into this stuff. So I'm going to assume almost all of you have seen They Live at this point. They Live is the story of a man. Actually, what is, I mean, the plot is pretty basic. It's the story of a man who finds a box of glasses. <laughs> what? And he sells them at the Sunglass Hut. Makes a million dollars. It's the story of a man who basically lives in our society. He finds a set of glasses, puts them on because he's homeless. That's what homeless people do. They steal glasses and they put them on. He begins to see that the world isn't really what they think it is. You guys have seen the iconography, even if you've never seen the movie. The obey sticker, it's kind of like the weird alien face. Or just the word obey. He looks up at billboards and it says consume, procreate, obey. Magazine covers are all basically, everything is subconscious. When he takes them off, the world is colorful. When he puts them on, the world becomes black and white. And he sees all these messages everywhere. And he sees maybe one in every 50 people, maybe a little less than that, are aliens. So he takes up this cause. The movie's actually really good. I saw it when I was a kid. My dad rented it. I remember watching the commercials for it. 
So I had to have been like 11 or 12 when it came out. And it's definitely a mind-bending movie when you're that young to see all this stuff. It is great sci-fi. It's more of an action movie than a sci-fi. Thanks, Sean. Really, really well done movie. So it's one of those things like you want it to be true. You want it to, not that you want aliens to be putting subliminal messages in all of our stuff. And you want aliens flying, you know, down to take us over. And yes, uh, Nick has pointed this out. And so did David. David, the line, I'm here to, uh, what was it? I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And then he starts a mass shooting. It's a really interesting movie because from his point of view, he's shooting aliens. But to everyone else in the movie, he's walk, he walks into a bank and massacres a bunch of people at random. So it was a really, and yeah, Rowdy Rowdy Piper starred in it. Thank you, Stuart. It's a really, really interesting film because you it can really trip people out. You imagine, not saying this is true, but when you, you could take that, I'm actually surprised this doesn't play more into mass shooting culture. I know there was the one guy who shot his minister like four times in the head because he thought he was a reptilian. And the minister survived, and everyone said, whoa, he must have really been a reptilian because he survived four shots of the head. You you can survive four shots of the head. The thing is, is that not like right in your head, but remember, if you get shot here or you get shot here, it's still considered, people on the podcast can't see what I'm doing, but you get shot in the forehead right here, or if you get a bullet that grazes the side, you're, you're still considered shot in the head. So you can survive. I'm not saying whether or not the guy's an alien. He, I doubt he's an alien. But, um, because aliens could also die from four shots in the head. Anyways, where was it going? Oh, yeah, so now that, I'm surprised this doesn't play more in a mass shooting culture, which I'm kind of glad. I wish we didn't have a mass shooting culture. But this idea that I only kill the bad ones, like not, I mean, basically that's a hitman or an assassin or a soldier. But, you know, somebody's saying I walked into that place and everyone I shot was an alien, so I don't know why I'm on trial. I'm surprised it doesn't come out more often. But anyways, it's a great movie. Dead Rabbit recommends They Live. I'm surprised they haven't remade it yet with Zac Efron in the lead, which actually now I say doesn't sound too bad. I always like movies when they get hot, young, not physically hot, although he is cute. Not cute. <laughs> okay. I I think it's interesting when... You take like Robert Pattinson and put him in Batman because you're going to get a whole new audience for the movie. So if they took uh, Zac Efron and put him in They Live, you're going to get a bunch of people who have never watched They Live to watch it. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I think it remakes are fine. So here we go. Yeah, Stewart said he just knows someone who got shot twice. In the head, I'm assuming, but maybe not. And they live. So, yeah, it, it can definitely have multiple shots can happen. Get shot in the head. Okay. So, the other recently on the X board, this pair of glasses appeared. So, we're in Los Angeles, and that's where they live takes place. We walk into a warehouse. Rowdy Rowdy Piper, he's standing there like a force ghost. I miss Rowdy Piper. Not like I knew him, not like he was my neighbor. But his force goes to stand in the corner. He's not into us. We're walking through this warehouse, and there is a pair of goggles sitting on a table. And recently on the X-Board, there's been a kind of an explosion of interest into these things. They're called Kilner screens or Kilner goggles. 
So we pick them up and we put them on. Everything's blue now, kind of purplish. Um, we're looking around. I was about to make an Eiffel 65 joke, but I didn't. So I should deserve some credit for my restraint. We're wearing these Kilner goggles, and I'm looking around at all of you guys. You guys all look totally cool. Your, your auras. Let me actually explain what the goggles do first. Apparently, they allow you to see auras. Now, you can train yourself to see an aura, or you can just look at them. And you can look at them, and... You can put, or, what, what was I saying? I was distracted by Kaki's comment, um, who said the first time he ever heard about They Live, it was recommended to him by a neo-Nazi. When you put on these Kilner screens, you can look at people and see their auras. Hey, Scar, you can see the energy around the person. Now, you can train yourself to see auras. You can do that. And I I'll get into the aura thing in a second. But anyways, so auras are the basically the life energy around you. Now, you can go through years of training to see auras. Or with these Kilner screens, you can put these on. You can actually look at people and see their auras. But these Kilner screens did something else, too. Every so often, you'd be looking through a group of people. So I'm looking through all you dudes. You guys are all super cool and stuff. You guys are just standing there normally, but when I look at you with the glasses, you're making a cool b-boy pose, spinning around on interdimensional cardboard. But then we go outside, we're wearing these Kilner goggles, we go outside in Los Angeles proper, and every so often we see someone with a interesting aura. What? Did you see that guy? The guy driving the bus? We see an obese woman with bad teeth, we're like, ah! But she has a normal aura, so. But every so often, you'd see, you'd see people with different auras, like an angry aura or like a super happy, more happy than normal aura. But every so often, you'd see something that could only be described as an inhuman aura. So these Kilner screens were banned by the government. Specifically, the ingredient that was used to make them, which I'm going to try to pronounce, but uh, Dick, I don't think this is how you say it, but Dick Yanandai. Dick Yanandai was this um, dye that was needed to make these Kilner screens. The government banned it. They said you can't use Dick Yanandai. Not only can you not use it, you can't pronounce it correctly ever again. Dick Yanandai, you can't use it. And to this day, Dick Yanandai is still illegal. And so the ability to make these glasses are also illegal. Is the government possibly keeping from us technology that will allow us to see alien invaders? It's an interesting story. And I had a lot of fun looking into it. Let's really dig into it. That's pretty much the bulk of the mythos. Dick Yam die, apparently, is what Bongo Man is saying. Here's, here's, we, here we go. There, apparently, also, there was another version of these glasses uh, made by a guy named Tom Bocamp Arnold called the Prana View goggles. But I couldn't find any proof that this guy, like, when I went looking for the information on that name, I couldn't really find anything. Prana View goggles do exist, but they're apparently the same thing, basically. Hey, short circuit. 
So let's take a look at, first off, did these goggles exist? Is this just an internet myth that's going around? Yes, the goggles existed. William Kilner was a real person. He wrote books on the human aura. Back in 1911, really wrote the first book about human auras, or at the time as they were known, Human Atmospheres. So he's one of the pioneers of human auras. And he did invent these glasses, and they were made with Dick Yannon. Um, in between two sheets of glass, the Gannon dye is made from like burnt tar. It's a dye that's made from tar. What's interesting about this is that, oh, let me explain too. Apparently the human auras were kind of like white light energy around them. And then these other people who knows what they were would show up with like a blue oval. There'd be like an, oh, it wouldn't be like this energy just kind of floating around the person but an oval around them. And one guy said, apparently he looked through them and he saw someone with slits for eyes. But we just had a guy who saw wooden teeth, a woman with wooden teeth and reported it as an alien or a monster. So I don't know, maybe the guy just, maybe the guy just got little ninja stars in his eyes and then pulled them out. And then he looked at him. He didn't notice there was blood shooting out of his eyes. He had blue goggles on. So the, the goggles did exist. They, were made by William Kilner, who is a real person who studied human auras. So all that part of the story matches up. So then I started looking at it and I go, okay, then my next question, because this is how I approach these stories. I read it. I was like, that's fascinating. Is it true? I started looking into this. Is this dye actually illegal? Yes, it is. So now my interest is really peaked. Now my interest is really peaked because we haven't a lot of this story matched up. It was banned in the 1940s. That should be our first clue of where this could be going. It was banned in the 1940s. And in 2010, around 2010, it was briefly made legal again for some weird reason. I'm assuming it was a paperwork mess up because it was quickly made illegal again. Now, when you read about these goggles, you'll always come across this story. When you read about these goggles, you'll always hear this story. I hired a chemist who could get anything. He has security clearance to get acid. He gets security clearance to buy as much heroin as he wants. He's a chemist. He can do science stuff with this. We asked if he could buy some Dick, Dick Yaman dye for us. And they told him his security clearance wasn't high enough for that stuff. So everyone's like, oh, it must be true. The aliens must be working on this. They must be suppressing this technology. Because if this chemist can get LSD and heroin, how come he can't get this dye? Interesting story. Interesting little tidbit. Because you sit there and you think, yeah, that is interesting. Like heroin and LSD is super, you know, it's illegal. We know that. Why is this stuff illegal? But then you got to start, and this is where I started thinking differently and was able to kind of get to the bottom of this. If I'm a nuclear engineer, I'm a high-level scientist, and I'm working on, like, nuclear chemistry, do you think I could order unlimited amounts of heroin? Just because you're a chemist doesn't mean you can get every possible chemical out there. 
if you're a chemist in one field, you can't be like, you know what I want to do? I know I've been doing like biology. I know I've been doing this chemistry of starfish, but I really want to see what happens when I inject them with heroin. So you order a bunch of heroin. You'd probably have to get some paperwork filled out for that. The reason why this stuff is illegal, and this is kind of interesting because a lot of people lead this stuff out. The ex-post was posting what they knew. It's the articles that he was sourcing that leaves this information out. It's highly carcinogenic. Dickie and dye can cause cancer. It's toxic at the very least. You can argue that, oh, you know, the cancer research may may not be valid because we haven't had long-term studies on it. At the very least, it's toxic. It can also be used as a way to, and this is why it was made illegal in the 40s. Because if you had this stuff and you were able to see aliens from 1911, why would they make it illegal in the 40s? Why would they spend 30 years letting people walk around being like, there's an alien, there's an alien, there's an alien. Why wouldn't you just make it illegal the next day? The reason why it was made illegal in the 40s is because this can be used to make Dysanocetylene rocket fuel. Now, before we were really making a ton of rockets and making jets, I actually think it's a jet fuel. Before we were like, oh, look at this stuff. It's blue. It's kind of cool. I can kind of tell if my boss is an alien. But once we start building jet fighters, we start to realize it's probably not a good idea to have this stuff two inches from your eyeballs or really anywhere around you. This stuff, where did I put in my notes? This stuff burns so hot. It burns, not the glasses itself, but it can be converted to the dicyclicaline or whatever. It can reach temperatures of 9,010 degrees Fahrenheit. That is the hottest possible fire in an oxygen atmosphere. Two inches from your eyeballs, right? I mean, that is as hot as it can possibly get on the planet Earth. And you got people like, hey, Ma, look, I can see a white line around you. Isn't this awesome? And they're like smoking a cigarette. So that's the reason why it's illegal, because it's super, super dangerous. But of course, you could always push back that, you know, it's not toxic levels and carcinogenic levels is easy to kind of say, oh, it's just that, it's just that, stay away, stay away. The thing is, you can make these goggles yourself. They say if you take a purple sheet of glass or plastic and a blue, like, because it's cobalt blue is really what you're looking through. This dye is this particular shade of blue. Take purple, take blue, put them there, stare through them, and you can see them. You have to pretty much shut off. I got different things on this. You either have to shut off all visible light, or you have to just get a little bit of light in the side. But people who have built these goggles using the plastic stuff, not you can buy these online, but they're total ripoffs. They're basically like... Sunglasses you can buy at a gas station. Someone commented on X. You can buy glasses that you buy at a uh, gas station, but they cost you 90 bucks. Just, oh, look at these blue shades. You can find them, but you know you can also build them yourself by taking the two proper colored lenses and put them together. But what's interesting, there's this is the way we're going to wrap this up. You have some people saying... The reason why you you do see a white outline around the person, they said the reason why that is is because the way that the tint is, it's blocking all the light waves except for like a little bit around the person. So it's actually a natural way that light is reflected. You're seeing white lines around people. And if you already believe in auras, then you're going to believe that is an aura. 
So you have to think this is just another device, another spooky invention that's supposed to let us pierce the veil and see what we know is true. I believe in auras. I totally believe in auras. I think it's I think it's one of those things. It's it's one of those weird things like if you don't believe in them or if you believe in them, it's not it's such a benign theory. But I do believe that we do when we're around other people, we sense them. Like I think you can build we call it, you know, gut feeling. But I think really what we're doing is we're detecting their aura. The and, uh, Cal, an aura is basically an energy field that we give out. It's basically like you can tell someone could be standing there totally normal. And you can go something. And I've talked about this on shows, too. I can walk into your house and tell you how healthy your marriage is. And I think that just the walls are soaked with that emotional energy. And you can be soaked with that emotional energy. People can see you and you think you're doing just fine. And someone walks up to you and go, you doing OK, man? Oh, you can even be someone you don't know. Being like, are you, are you feeling OK? I can kind of just I feel like you're. Feel like you're kind of sad now that you have those wooden teeth. You're like, it's a curse. So I do believe in auras. I do believe people can see them. I do believe it's something that you can train yourself to do. But that's something that these glasses can skip ahead. And I think a lot of people wanted. There's two stories to these glasses. One is that it gives you the paranormal ability to see people's emotional energy, which would give you a leg up. And would make you feel special that you could see that. The other one, obviously, is the fact that aliens are invading. That might be more important than telling whether or not your neighbor is mad at you. But preventing an alien invasion by wearing these goggles and and being able to see what's going on. That's kind of the sci-fi story to it. And then we have the mystical one of you just being able to see people's auras. But I think this story is important for another reason. And I want to wrap this up like this. And I want this to kind of be... Something that maybe some of you, and I, I feel the same way, will take something away from this. And this might sound contradictory coming from me, but why do you need to see the aura? Why do we need to visibly see the aura if we know that we can feel it? Why do we need to see it? Because we want proof. We want proof. It's this weirdest thing in this form of research. We want proof. Example, you walk into a house. You feel uncomfortable. You feel like you're not alone when you're in your bedroom. So you tell someone, hey, man, I think my bedroom's haunted. What's the first question they're going to ask? What'd you see? Well, I didn't see anything. I just felt something. Oh, okay. You know that your house is haunted. You feel it in your bones. But you still want proof. We believe... That seeing is believing. That seeing itself is proof. But why? Our sense of sight deceives us all the time. You can look at any sort of optical illusion or something off in the darkness. Our sense of sight deceives us all the time. Why is it important for you to be able to see auras when you can already see 
air quote auras. You can already feel them. You can feel that energy. We have a weird desire to need proof. I don't know if it's a human thing. I don't know if it's something that's mostly in the paranormal world. But you know what I mean? If someone tells you they think someone's haunted, someplace is haunted, you are going to ask, what did they see? Did you see something? Did you hear something? Think about all the times. I've done this many times where I'll be sitting in my living room and I'll be thinking something's haunted. I'll be wondering about ghosts or anything like that. And I'll be thinking, what would happen if I saw that bottle fly across the room? It's never happened to me. I've never seen anything levitate in front of me. But is that really... Let's not say the bottle flies across the room because that's a violent act, but let's say that you see your phone levitate an inch off the table and fall down. Is that any more proof that one moment than months of being in your place, feeling psychologically like there's something standing behind you. You never see anything, you never feel anything, you never hear anything, but every time you get up out of your chair, it's almost like someone else is getting up out of that chair with you. When you're standing in the shower, it's like there's someone right outside the shower curtain watching you. You feel this so intently that you're uncomfortable in your own place. You've actually been looking at moving, but you keep telling yourself, no, that's dumb, that's dumb. For months that goes on versus one second of your phone going just an just inch off the... Why? And I know the answer is the phone. But why? Why do we put so much emphasis on the scene? Why would you want to build glasses made of a carcinogen that also turns into a jet fuel so you could physically see something even though you have 40, in my case, 43 years of being able to sense people's auras? I think it's important for us to start looking at some of these events that we are investigating. And the reason why I say it's contradictory for me because I'm always about the proof. I'm always about the proof. But you'll notice with UFO stories, ghost stories, things like that, I'm, I'm not so much about the proof because it's usually just one person telling a story. Conspiracies is where I want proof because conspiracies have a weird tangle. You're trying to draw all these connections. And I do that with alien stories as well sometimes. And they're talking about like weird, you know, weird people making bizarre claims. But when it's one person driving down the road, sees a beast woman with wooden teeth. In this. I didn't fact check that. I probably should have read it a couple more times, but I didn't fact check that. I think it's important for us and for you, dear listener, to follow the gut, to not worry so much about what we see and what we hear, because both of those can be just as easily deceived. Follow your gut. When you're investigating ghost stories, when you're investigating the paranormal don't worry so much. And again, this is super contradictory and it might come to bite me in the butt in later episodes, but don't worry so much about what you're visually seeing. Think about that feeling you have because that feeling is your sixth sense. That's probably the bad term. Your that feeling is your seventh sense. That feeling is just as important as sight, as hearing. And it's telling you that person has a bad aura. It's telling you that person 
may not be a person. So don't worry about EVP readers. Don't worry about electronic devices. Unless you're a gamer, then you know you probably do worry about those. But don't worry about the goggles and the. Think about it. Those ghost hunters. They go into the machine, and they're like, "Look at the temperature is lower." That doesn't prove that doesn't prove anything more than someone going in there and going. I sense a great spirit in here. One's a measurement that anyone could go, well, yeah, the, the wind blew by, or I wasn't there, and that could be fake and stuff like that. We put so much of reliance on science when we're talking about something that's paranormal to the point that we're building carcinogenic glasses made of jet fuel on our face. Let's We can do that stuff, but don't discount that gut feeling because if you're in that house... Cut, cut see, this is where... Because if you're at home, you may have all the EMF readers... You may have all the spirit boxes. You may have your Kilner screens on your face ready to go. But all of those can be equally deceived as well. The only thing you can trust is when the pit of your stomach opens up. Because that thing is standing behind you once again. If it can't be seen by our eyes, if it can break the laws of the universe... Why wouldn't it be able to deceive the technology man has made to detect it? The only defense mechanism we have against this stuff is ourselves. So don't waste money on this junk. Just understand that when you feel uncomfortable, there is probably a good reason for it. Or a woman with wooden teeth is staring at you right now. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com. You guys know the drill. You guys know the drill. You know, it's funny, those... In, so we'll wrap it up. I guess I should do a proper wrap-up. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. This is normally the point where I immediately shut my mic off and I go. Those in. So uh, thank you, Rampart. And thanks, Austin, Austin, for uh, jumping in. And and Christian, I see you're in there as well. Shane. I, um, normally with those, this one, I kind of knew how I was going to end it because I remember the other day I was taking a shower and I go, why is it so important for us to see these things? And I was looking at these glasses. I was like, why is it so important for us to see these things? Like, isn't it enough for us to just know? And I get it. It's a, it's okay, mug. I get it. It's a, like you want to see you. And I get that too. Like I would, re- it's, it's an interesting dilemma. And I was thinking about that and I go, that's kind of how I want to wrap this episode up. You want to see it. I get it. But it's how important is it to see it? If you can feel it. Like I've seen a few things. I've seen a few things, but I've experienced more than I've seen. Now, take that witch episode that I did the other day. Imagine if I um, saw the witch walk into the salt and go, and like a blue lightning show up and stuff like that. I could be like, I could tell you guys that. Would you guys believe it, though? Like, even I was like, guys, I swear to God, I saw blue lightning come down. 
and stop the witch from walking in. You'd be like, what? The story, the fact that she doesn't walk in through the salt. I didn't see the physical reaction. I was sitting in the chair the whole time. And this is a comfy chair, by the way. Who mentioned that earlier? Um, Milk. Yeah, it is a comfy chair. Um, So, yeah, we have this tendency to want to see. And then Callum, that's funny. Callum just posted, what does everyone think about this supposed December 2nd alien invasion? It's not going to happen. I'm actually, I I have thought honestly about doing a podcast, like a whole podcast, weekly podcast. That's just prophecies, not old prophecies. You could do a week and you're like, Hey everyone, December 2nd, it's coming up. Everyone's going, everyone's going to get diced. And then of course that would go by. Nobody's going to pay attention to it. And then you go on to the next one and the next one and the next one and all that stuff. Like these prophecies, they keep coming. They're always super close. They disappear. I remember the aliens were supposed to invade the 2012 Olympics. I remember that aliens were supposed to invade the royal wedding, um, not the Kate Middleton one. Um, what other world? In Civil War in the United States. Guys, remember that? Just like a couple weeks ago, we were being told that the war was... World War III, America is going to go to war with Iran and all this stuff is going to happen. Everyone does this stuff. It's not just paranormal people. Everyone does this. Everyone does these prophecies. I'd say a late night TV show on sci-fi. That's what Khaki Cube was saying. I don't understand why the whole idea... I mean, I again, I believe in aliens... I don't understand why we don't have a. Got to turn my fan on. It's so hot. Yeah. Why don't aliens just fully invade or if they have been taken over? These are the questions that I would like to ask someone who legitimately legitimately believes in. The I had a brother in law. I guess I still have him, a brother in law who believes that reptilians are taking over the world. They're queen of queen of England. You know, you guys know the theory. Queen of England's a reptilian. World leaders are reptilian. I would love... He legitimately believed that stuff. He might still. But I would love to sit down and talk with someone who actually believes that stuff because I I just have a ton of questions. Yeah, David Icke. When did the aliens start... My big question is this. When did the aliens start doing this and what's taking them so long? Those are big questions. Um, Khaki Cube, have you ever heard the theory that Earth is actually under alien sanction? No aliens are allowed to make contact with Earth. That's an old one. I've heard that before. It's a pretty convenient one as to why aliens don't make contact with us. Obviously, there's some leaps of logic in that. And this is funny because, like, again, if, if with, with straight off alien encounter stories, I'm more, I want to say trusting, but I give them more the benefit of the doubt. But that is becomes a conspiracy theory. Why would the aliens have this convention put up? Oh, it's because humans are barbaric and then they have to learn. What What have humans done in the past when we've come across quote-unquote barbaric people on this planet? Do we just sit there? There's basically a couple tribes left now that we don't do anything, like on the island. Um, we covered it in one of our stories about, um, what was the name of that island? Paradise Island or Sanctuary Island or something like that? Generally, we we either enslave them, destroy them, 
or um, convert them. And usually it's a combination of the three. So why would the aliens be sitting outside this planet, the only planet that has liquid water in it, in a, any sort of, as far as we can tell, as far as we can tell within light years of us, the only planet with liquid water, with two-thirds of it being liquid water, why would you just sit back and just kind of see if they blow it up? It doesn't make sense. That conspiracy theory doesn't make sense. And yeah, the Rampart says that's the Star Trek's prime directive. A lot of a lot of UFO conspiracies are pulled directly from science fiction. Sure, you could argue it's vice versa, that the CIA is trying to put those theories into science fiction so people don't believe them when they come out, but you do see a lot of that as well. Uh, Bonkelman says that he's heard it's more advantageous for alien race to obtain the raw materials from asteroids. That's true. It would be more advantageous for us to get raw materials from asteroids, but you can't get tons of liquid water from asteroids. And as far as we know, liquid water is important. I mean, assuming they're biological, which a reptilian would be a biological and Nordic would be biological. Even if they have massive water reserves in their home system, they're far, far from home. So why haven't they come to take our water? Like, again, why are they just kind of hanging out and waiting to figure it out? And you can imagine like the Nordics at the table and he's like, I believe the humans deserve a chance. And the gray aliens talking about hippie environmental nonsense. The reptilians like, let's eat them all. Like, how's that a council? <laughs> Basically, they all hate each other's guts. AAAOOO asked, if I could talk to Bigfoot, what would you ask or tell him? Well, that's an interesting question. If I could talk to Bigfoot, if I met Bigfoot and he, I could talk to him, I would probably ask him why. Like, what's he doing here? <laughs> Not from some sort of metaphysical thing, because that's a deep question. You're walking down the street and you're like, hey, buddy, what's up? Why are you here? They're like, to get coffee. You're like, no. Why are you? I would wonder why he hangs out in the forest and stuff. Like, what's his? He may be like, me, Bigfoot. Me, This is me home. And I'm a leprechaun now. I'm saying me all the time. You could be like, this is just where I hang out. But I would be, I would be curious, like, did you used to be human? Do I have more than one question? Did you used to be a human? Are you from another dimension? Bigfoot's like, what are you talking about, weirdo? I'm a giant ape that can talk for like five minutes. You're asking me if I used to be human. To me, that's the scariest Bigfoot theory. Every time I cover it on the show, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. People turning into Bigfoots. I've covered that twice, and it's super spooky. Yes, Milk, XM64, Sentinel Island. That's what I was talking about. Thank you. Bigfoot's watching the stream right now. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of um, belief that Bigfoot and, and UFOs are tied together. Why is it that the states with the most cryptids also have lots of goth girls in it, like Florida, for example? I don't know if that's true, because I'm assuming that New Orleans has a ton of goth girls. I don't know how big their cryptid count is. I know I really haven't found many cryptids in... A lot of times they're lame cryptids. No offense, no offense, Southern, Southern, uh, Southern Dead Rabbit Radio listens. You have like Swamp Creeper, dude. Yeah, it's basically Bigfoot, but he smells even worse. Maybe a lizard man. That's it. I got to say this, man. South America has it beat for cryptids. Like the stories that we've pulled out of South America, South America and Eastern Europe. But I don't think anyone's come close to South America's cryptid count. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane down there. 
I will say this. I remember once reading something. You know why we get all the crazy articles about Florida and Florida man and all that stuff? It's not that Florida has a higher population of crazy people. It's that their public records and their freedom of information is way more open than any other state. So if someone commits any sort of crime, all the information is released almost immediately. So their name, details of the crime, stuff like that. Other states can take a while. Other states have more stringent rules on on who can know what. That's why Florida has so many crazy cases. They just have much more open access. Much more open access um, documents. How do we get talking about goth girls? I mean, I'm not complaining necessarily, but I'm seeing goth girls pop up a lot. Um, which again, not complaining. I, I think we talked about this before. How come there's not goth women? And I think it's because most of them start using heroin at some point. Um, but yeah, is it if you are 30 years old and you're dressed goth and you're not a musician, and you're not a heroin addict, and you're not a vampire, are you a goth girl or a goth woman? Is there another term for it? Is there a gothy term? Is Historical Hiker still on here? She may know. She knows about old timey stuff. Um, she's like, what? No, I don't know if there's such a thing as a goth woman. I don't know if she's still on here, though. I've been thinking about redoing the boo pill. That episode came out years ago or two years ago. I think it's an important episode. I think it's an important episode. Girls love the paranormal. So if you want to find a good way to communicate with girls, do paranormal. <laughs> you levitate. You're levitating in the corner. And you're like, hey, ladies, how are you doing? Um, no, join a ghost hunting group. Or, man, that must suck with all pandemic stuff, not being able to do ghost hunting. Or there's a bunch more ghosts running around. I actually miss ghost hunting. That's one of the things that I really haven't done in years. I would love to do that. I would love to start doing that again. XM64, the boo pill is my theory that if you want to meet women, be interested, get interested in the paranormal because women love this stuff. So... Uh, learn to do tarot cards, learn to read palms, do astrology, ghost hunting. See, women aren't so much into cryptid hunting. You're like, oh, we're going to go hunt a squatch. They're like, uh. But if you're like, oh, we're walking through a dark house with this device. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Girls love that stuff. Girls love to be scared. So take the boo pill. Um, it's a good way. It really is a good way to meet women. Yeah, we might do it as a rerun. The problem is, is in that episode, I played audio from someone else's clip and I had to be, I think I edited it out at this point. I had to be careful. Earlier on in the show, I was doing more stuff like that. See you later, Ross. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, but you got to be careful with copyright on the podcast side and the YouTube side. So I think I took that out. What's going on in the afterlife that prevents ghosts from talking to us in a more obvious way? Why do they have to be so vague? I think that there's basically two answers to that. One is that they don't have the power to, or they can only manifest in certain ways. I think, which is interesting, you know, a lot of people who have ghost experiences, especially when people have passed away, loved ones have passed away, they come to them at night, they come to them in dreams, they'll smell a smell while they're sitting in their dad's chair, they'll smell his old cigars and stuff like that. I think all of that's touching and I'm not diminishing that at all. I think the thing is, is like, I think the most obvious answer is how come after your uh, father or your mother or your brother passed away, 
They're not constantly hanging out with you, helping you shoot hoops. Because after you die, everything here seems so minimal. It would be the equivalent of, as an adult, do you ever go back to your kindergarten playground? Like, I don't even know if that's a good example. As an adult, would you ever pick up a, a, a rattle? And if you did, would you be amazed by it? I think when you die, the, and you don't forget the people here, but I also have a theory that there's no time in the afterlife. So let's say that I died right now and my mother dies 30 years from now. In heaven, thank you, Ozdemir, or in the afterlife, I guess I should say, I died and instantly, thank you, Ari, appreciate that. I die and then instantly my mom's standing next to me. There's no time there. It's not like I'm up there and I'm like, 30 years, oh, I'm so alone. There's no time. It's all instant. So to you, on earth, it's 30 years and then you pass away and you see them. To them, you're already standing right next to them. So since time isn't of an issue and you're in a realm where you realize all this stuff is inconsequential, why would you be hanging out here? Because as far as you're concerned, everyone's up there already. That's just my theory. It doesn't make sense that you would have people floating around in the afterlife. Time is something that really only exists in this dimension that we can measure it. Barfy, man, I have a pop filter. This is my backup mic. This is my real mic over here. TLM. Yeah, am I popping it pretty bad? That sucks. I'm going to lean in really, really close. But yeah, this is my Blue Yeti. This is my live stream mic. Uh, Asmir asks, do you believe in the law of attraction? Yeah, I've actually done a couple episodes on the law of attraction. Um, I 100% believe in it. I think you, I, I think that you, I think people who don't believe in the law of attraction still use the law of attraction, which is a kind of an interesting thing. You'll see any bodybuilder, any bodybuilder you talk to, they'll say, when I started bodybuilding, I visualized this body. Before I started lifting, I visualized what I'm going to look like today. And as I was working out over the years, I would visualize my legs getting bigger, my thighs getting bigger. That's a law of attraction. A businessman doesn't go into his shop five times or seven days a week. It's a small business owner, goes in there seven days a week, works eight hours a day, and then it's a success. You have to visualize that success. And, and uh, he pointed out Neville Goddard, I believe. I recommend going to Wallace Waddles, the, really the guy who invented it. He preceded Neville by about 30 years, I believe. He wrote The Science of Getting Rich, and that book changed my life. It changed definitely changed the way I look at life. I don't really read a lot of books. I read mostly articles, but that book's amazing, and the law of attraction totally works. I do not work on this show. There are times where I don't use the law of attraction on this show. And I notice that my, my views go down and my, I don't gain new listeners. But when I focus on people finding the podcast, enjoying the podcast, my numbers go up. It's 100% true. You create your reality. Yeah, Khaki Cube, Khaki Cube said, I, I heard a theory once that ghosts exist in all forms at once, time, past, present, future. Yeah, that would make sense. It would make sense. You'd be chilling up there with, you know, Vlad Tepe's hopefully not but you know maybe he's gone over his whole impaling thing and to him he's only been up there for a minute you wouldn't even notice you're like hey Vlad, what's up you're all covering your butthole as you're walking by him he's like yeah it's a horrible stereotype yeah 
Denzo says that uh, skateboarding is a lot of law of attraction. I think any sport where you're thinking, you visualize that ball going out of the stadium. It's super powerful. It's a super powerful thing to visualize. And the sport is interesting because you have everyone's visualizations working against each other. But the universe gives you what you ask of it. Now, obviously, the pushback is you always hear, what about some kid in the Sudan whose family was killed by raiders and he's on the run and he hasn't eaten in four days? Where his law of attraction? Do I think he brought those raiders to his village? No. No. I don't think the law of attraction, in my personal experience, because I'll be walking down the street and I'll be like, dude, I hope like some ninjas jump out of the bushes right now. And then Leonardo comes and he helps me. And we fight off the Foot Clan. I'm constantly thinking about like getting in fights. I'm constantly thinking about like what happens if someone kicked in my door right now. I'm always thinking about all of this stuff. It never happens. It never happens. I'm just always on edge. I don't think the law of attraction works on a negative as aspect. It probably would if that's all you did. I also have positive thoughts. But if you think positively, I don't th basically what I'm saying is the kid in the Sudan that was really unlucky that he was born in that place in that time in that village. It sucks. But if we could get that kid out of that village, get him into a like a society, move him to Egypt or something like that, move him anywhere, give him some books, give him some people who care about him and apply the law of attraction, that kid's going to be a success. Without law of attraction, the kid will still be have a much better life than he had before because, you know, he was not under constant threat of getting killed. But I think a law of attraction can't help. But it doesn't, I mean, if you're in a situation like that, you didn't cause that. But you can use this as one of your toolkits to get out of it. So I think, it, I do think it's definitely worthwhile. AFX asked, what's the deepest rabbit hole you ever explored? Um, the conformers. The conformers. That story is still... The conformers, 100% the conformers. Like, I can't even go into detail about what happened. The conformers. I'm not, yeah. that That's the weirdest rabbit hole I've ever covered on this show. It's, episode, it's like episode 87 or something like that. It was weird when I covered it. It was weird when I was researching it. It has not stopped being weird all this time. The conformers. That's I cannot go into any more detail about what is... The summary of the conformer story was that there was an alien race of um, inorganic rocks. I can't do a follow-up. Barfy man, the conformer story is just so... The conformers are an alien race. Supposedly, it's the only alien race. They're inorganic minerals. Their voices sound like pebbles falling in a metal bucket. They're extremely religious, extremely violent, and the governments of the world have made contact with the conformers on multiple points, multiple times. Try researching it. You're not going to be able to find anything. Probably only my episode. As I was researching it, websites were getting deleted. As I was researching it. I heard about it. It was a throwaway line on a Mysterious Universe episode back in like 2005, 2006. They, he just mentioned it. It always intrigued me. And I went looking for it, found some stuff. Websites got deleted. I did the episode. The weirdness has not stopped. 100% the conformers. Um, 
that's the deepest rabbit hole I've ever fallen into. And the point, the thing, the interesting thing is when, when it comes to the show, I'll say this, there are times where I'll come across information. I like to share the information with you. If I come across conspiracy theories that I can't talk about on the show, like I used to be all about like gaining the knowledge, gaining the knowledge. But the thing is, is like, what what's the point of having knowledge if you can't share from it? Sure, you can learn from it, but if you can't share from it. So if I come across knowledge, if I come across stuff that I can't share with you guys, I'm just like, I'm good. I'm good. Like you can, I'm good. This conversation doesn't need to go any further. I'm, I'm fine. So that's when the rabbit hole, that's to me is a deep rabbit hole. But uh, yeah, no, interesting story. It's over. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. Conformers. Um, someone asked Maximilian. Have I ever heard of the green children of Woolpit? Yeah, that's actually a pretty con. Like that, that's one of those stories that you, and I'm not insulting you at all or anything like that, but that's one of those stories that like when you get the books of um, like famous stories, that's one of them. That, that has always been an interesting story. There's always been theories like they weren't actually green, that it was a translation error, that their clothes were green. Some people said they were obviously like from inner earth. I think that's the most popular one. Other people saying that they had, um, some sort there's actually a disease that turns them green, turns people green. They eat a bunch of green beans. <clears throat> I think if I remember correctly, the boy died and the girl stayed in the village and had kids and their kids could stick around. Like their kids didn't have any issues or anything like that. I, I think it's, I think it's interesting because we also have that story about that woman who gets kidnapped. Well, it was Bigfoot who got kidnapped in Siberia. And they thought it was a Bigfoot and they kept her captive for 30 years. And the chieftain of the, this is back like in the 1800s, early 1900s, the chieftain of the village starts banging the lady, banging Bigfoot. And she gives birth to a couple of kids. And then she dies eventually just of old age and Western or not Western scientists, but scientists further out into Russia hear this, hear this old legend. They're like, what you're banging Bigfoot and there's still grandkids walking around. They tested her she wasn't Bigfoot. She was a black woman. She was like an escaped slave in Siberia um, that they thought was Bigfoot because she didn't speak the language. She was tall. Um, and they have a version of that type of cryptid over there. So I would be my reason. I, that was an episode. I really liked the episode. I'm wondering if they could do the DNA test in Woolpit to see if they could actually, identify, or if they have, because again, I haven't covered the, I haven't followed the story since I was a kid, but uh Yeah. It is an interesting story. Uh, Lanny, Lanny Akia asked if I've ever heard of, uh, or what was Springfield Jack again? Springfield Jack, um, actually, people now believe that he was a, uh, like a sexual predator. Like his whole thing, when he would jump out and grab women and then leave. And over time, the legend became he could jump over walls, that he had springs attached to his feet or that he was an actual cryptid, when really it was a guy jumping out of the bushes and grabbing women. We covered him briefly on an episode. I did an episode about the ghosts, where the origin of ghosts, like the white sheet came from. It was sex. You used to take poor people in England, put them in a white sheet and tie the, tie the feet. When they, when they died, not when they're alive, they're like, hey, we're going to pull a prank on you. They'd put a white sheet over you and then tie it to the feet, and then they could just pick it up and throw it into the grave. So the idea of someone standing there with a white sheet over them, 
thought this guy's a zombie, this guy's a ghost. So it was like 18, late 1800s England, or maybe mid 1800s England, where the image of the ghost in the white sheet popped up. Because it was such a terrifying figure, what people were doing is they were putting on a white sheet, jumping out at women, mostly walking down the street. And then while they were shocked, assaulting them, sexually assaulting them. People would also mug you. They jump, which would be a little less startling if you're walking down the street and a guy jumped behind oh, with a sheet. Looks like a ghost. And you're going to be like, oh no, a ghost. But then a gun shows up. You're like, oh, it's just, it's just a normal mugging. Here, I'll give you some my doubloons or whatever they used back then. So yeah, that was Spring Heel Jack was kind of the same thing. It was a, it was basically a guy committing sexual assault. That's what I've seen. That's what I've seen. Not, not seen myself, but I've seen that theory pop around. T. Mad says, could Native American Bigfoot legends come from early African migrants? Most likely not. Um, the, the, the lead, see, the thing in Russia, they were so far off in Siberia that they had never seen a black person before. But every other part of the world, even if you had African migrants coming to other parts of the world, like the story, because you have Bigfoots in Asia, you have Bigfoots in, you don't really have Bigfoots in Europe, but you have the Green Man. You have them in the Americas and stuff like that. You have them in South America. All of those other regions would be used to people with very, very dark skin, if not from Africa. Like in Asia, there'd be Africans walking around and stuff like that, trade routes. So it wouldn't be so shocking, but in Siberia, they had just never seen a black person before. And they did have those legends of those wild beasts running through the Siberian forest. So they just kind of put two and two together. I mean, they were wrong. They were 100% wrong. But that, that is how that worked out like that. Denzo, I don't remember what episode the Conformers was. I think if you go to YouTube and type in Conformers Dead Rabbit Radio, it'll pop up. Um, if you listen to it on the podcast, here's a tip. If you go to the Dead Rabbit Radio website, if you go to the, the podcast side of the website, there's a search bar. If you're ever looking for a particular term, because that's how I have to find stuff from time to time. I type it in the search bar. I type in conformers. It'll pop up every episode where in the show notes or in the title, the conformers is there. So if I remember looking for like, I'm like, what was that story where a guy was changing his tire? Alien, alien popped out of the tire. It was really bad service from Goodyear. I'll type that in. And if I happen to have that in a headline or in the show notes or something like that, it'll pop right up and I can find that episode. Because my big fear, okay, uh, Lanica is saying it's episode 60. So it was real early on. That would have been like three months into the show. That's how much I wanted to cover that story. Um, yeah, I have a, um, or is it episode 202? I don't know. It's one of those two. So anyways, that would make, I wouldn't be, I would be surprised if it was early as episode 60, but it could be because I really wanted to cover something. XM 64. What do you have planned for episode 666? Dude, this, this podcast is hard enough to pull off without doing special episodes. Honestly, like I didn't do an episode for 420. People were kind of like, Oh, uh, I barely did an episode for 500th anniversary or five, not 500th anniversary, 500th episode. I think I did an a episode. I didn't even do a special episode for episode 100. It's really hard to just do a daily show, let alone plan stuff ahead. I have a bunch of stories for Christmas, but I'm not even going to do them on Christmas. I'm going to spread them out throughout the months because otherwise I'm just going to forget. <laughs> otherwise I'm just going to forget about them anyways. 
Shane Fitzgerald asked, do I search every topic to make sure you haven't done it? Uh, uh, not every topic, but there's uh, topics where I'll be reading something. I'm like, this sounds super familiar. There was one that I was like, oh my God, this sounds super familiar. And I was researching. I was like, oh, this is so awesome. I can't wait to tell the story. And then at the ending of the article was a detail. And I was like, well, oh, that sounds familiar. And I'd already done it. That would be embarrassing. You know, again, I'm 43 years old. I'm, I'm physically fit. Maybe not fit. I'm physically healthy. I even have, I bought one of these, my oxometer. Because I was like, um, my brother got COVID. Dummy. He got, he's doing fine. He's doing totally fine. But I was like, well, I'm going to get me a little oxometer. Um, but I'm healthy. My, my heart, my resting heart rate's good. Um, my oxygen level's good and everything like that. So where were we going with that? What were we talking about? What were we even talking to? Oh, 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 this is what I was talking about. I'm 43 years old. So I'm like, I'm starting to forget stuff more easily as I forget what I'm talking about because of the blinking lights on this machine. I'm like, eh. yeah, I started to get lightheaded early. Honestly, guys, I didn't know if I was going to be able to fit the episode. Um, you guys who were there from the beginning, the first, I don't know, like, uh, what was it, Stuart? Uh, you guys, Stuart's like, are you okay? We were maybe 15 minutes into the episode, and I was like, I got lightheaded, and I think, um, I forgot who it said. Someone else said, uh, breathe. I think I was talking too quickly. I think I was desaturating my oxygen level. <clears throat> Satan himself themed episode. You know what's funny? I've all, this might be the ultimate pacifist. I'm not a pacifist. I'm <laughs> quite adept at punching people, but I would love to see the story of reality end with Satan being like, Hey God, sorry about that whole, you know, rebellion trying to destroy earth. And God's like, ah, bring it here, bro. And give each other hugs. I'd love to see that to be the end of the story, whether or not that happens, who knows, maybe because that's what I want in the afterlife. That's what I'll see. Who knows? That's funny. XM 64 says you should delete the episode and skip to six sixty seven, make it a lost episode. People would have my head, dude. I When I miss number episodes, I get email, which I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for you guys fixing my mistakes. But people be like, hey, man, uh, I've been listening to your podcast for a while. I noticed that you have <laughs> your episodes are out of order. I was like, oh, thanks, dude. So, no, which is nice, getting that fixed. 14 Family, I was thinking about them the other day. Actually, Christian uh, uh, Dal Olmo mentioned the uh the fact the podcast used to be called the 14th century 14th family and i might actually do an episode on that i got it yeah Stuart, it was super weird i just i part of i've blanked out my screen now so i can see your comments but i did this during the live stream i did um the other day last week i stare at myself i stare at myself and the i think i mean i'm staring and I think it messes with my eyes. I think it makes me lightheaded. I think I end up talking faster. But no, I'm doing totally fine now. Yeah, I was sitting here and I was, if you're curious, you can go back and watch it. Like I was, I sat here for a second. I thought, what do I do? Like I looked over and I was thinking, did I drink something wrong? <laughs> did I drink some dick of yamen? Oh man. Um, I was like, what should I do? And I, and I, oh, I was, part of me was like, no, just wrap it up. But I was like, nah. And look at you power through it. You power through it. 
Score Order says, my girl mentioned the ringing sound you hear in Dead Silent did not exist prior to the 1800s. Is that a conspiracy theory she heard? <laughs> it would be interesting to know. I, I doubt, I would 100% doubt that people in the 1800s were subjected to the amount of noises and noise pollution we are. I bet you if you took someone from the 1800s and put them, not I'm not just talking about honking horns. If you put them in a movie theater, their ears would bleed. I think we have become so accustomed to such loud noise. Think about it. If you lived in a village all your life, and then someone played the 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 Inception trailer at the normal volume that the Inception trailer is played at here, people would, other than the fact that people would think demons were coming, you, they would blow their eardrums out. I don't think a cow could ever be as loud as burn at a normal theater, let alone an IMAX theater. So... That could be. They could have never heard that ringing because their ears were never never even close to being damaged as us, unless they were working in some massive factory. Oh, and let me... So I'll get to that in a second, Shane. Someone earlier asked, how come my older episodes aren't available on the podcast app? They should be. I know it, that would probably be the podcast app itself. I do know that they're listed all the way back there um it shouldn't be um i'm sorry i saw that comment i was going to reply to it um every episode i i have never put anything behind a paywall and i have never purposely removed episodes i've i've had to edit episodes because of like massive errors in them but like <laughs> the recently when i had to fix that I had a Patreon supporter. I think now I'm always going to remember him as Kyle, but I think his name was Mark and I kept calling him Kyle. Oh, that was irritating. I think he needs another ride in the carpenter copter for that one, but I've had to do edits, but I've never removed episodes. They should all be there. Shane Fitzgerald. I don't know why that episode is, is listed. I saw that too on Spotify. It's listed as like the test episode. It's not a bad episode. I think it actually would get people interested in the show. When you, because I, I could pin Monkeys Don't Exist or Mormon Bigfoot, but those episodes are so old. I still think they're great. <clears throat> I still think they're great. I think the show is less sucky than it used to be. I used to put out episodes that I was like, this episode sucks, dude. I can't. But I had a deadline. I was like, uh, nowadays, I'm what the reason why I think the show's better is I used to research stories and put them together, and I would spend time researching stories that weren't any good. I'd spend a lot of time researching stories that weren't any good. I have a whole maybe folder. And sometimes they pop up. Sometimes I'll hold on to them for months and months and months. And then I'll have another story that complements it. And then it, it's perfect. But it used to be I would just find stories and put them together. And sometimes the story sucked. And I wouldn't have any backup. So I'd release the episode. I stopped doing that around episode 100 or something. Or maybe 200. <laughs> but anyways... I think the episodes are much tighter now. You could argue whether or not the conspiracies are as good. I did cover a ton of great stuff in the beginning, like monkeys don't exist, like the conformers and things like that. But I really still like the direction of the show. I like the stories we're covering. Yeah. Dead rabbit radio is anywhere you can get podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple podcast. It's on uh, podcast addict. It's anywhere you can listen to podcasts. That's that. Um, so yeah, no, it's a um 
it's a podcast that's on YouTube as opposed to a YouTube show that's turned into a podcast. It's a slight distinction, but yeah, it's where if you, I prefer to listen to podcasts on podcast apps, but I love this interaction. I absolutely love the fact that people, um, that I can talk to you guys like this. Barfy man says, I sort of missed a long period of butthole and poop themed episodes. That was a period. I still have a few. I still have a few. Um, you have to space those out. Like the episode the other day about the guy who hung himself. That one was pretty gory. Um, Stewart said it was kind of creepy and it was kind of that balance, but you, you have to balance out the gross episodes because otherwise you're just, you just do gross episodes and then people don't want to, don't want to listen to you anymore or that's all they want to hear. And that's not all I want to talk about, but you do need the occasional. I've done some bad episodes. I've actually probably could do a rerun week. The Lord of the Rings episode, I think is the worst episode of the run of the show. Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings. Real is awful. It's so poorly edited. It, it went on for like an hour and I cut it down to like 30 minutes. Then I realized I cut out too much stuff, but I was super bored when I was recording it. I think I actually wasn't feeling good either. I have a better recording schedule now. And so that fits. Yeah. Khaki Cube says I like most of the episodes. I think that's fair. Not every, not every episode's going to hit for you. I always do the episode. I think about me listening to it. I create the shows for me. Not just saying it's selfish, but I think we're all kind of the same. I think now there are days where I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear about another UFO story. I don't want to hear about Bigfoot story. I'm not interested in that conspiracy. So you'll hit play. You'll listen to what the two topics are for the show. And then you maybe listen to half of it and then shut it off. Totally fine. I do it too. There are podcasts that I absolutely love. I'll be listening to it and I'll be playing video games and then halfway through I'll pause it and I'll go do something else and I'll never finish listening to the episode. That That's just the way podcasts are. You're not going to love every episode. I hope the episodes are enjoyable. I enjoy making them. I enjoy the stories. But yeah, it, it happens. It happens. Not everyone's going to love every episode. Yeah, Khaki Cube says episodes 200 or early 300s. I think the show was still really raw. Then again, I think the topic, because the topics are something that they come and no level of skill or production value or experience. The topics are the topics. So you can't really replicate that. I think the store, I think the show now is much tighter than it used to be. I'll listen to early episodes and I'll be like, oh my God, it's so, there are episodes that I can't listen to. And somebody picked one to be, I'm going to show it during the reruns for our next best of. I think it's probably one of the worst episodes. It's really good subject matter. It's a great story, but I totally messed it up. It's really, really bad. Really, really bad. So anyway, oh no, AAA, it's Lord of the Rings is based on a true story. Not that it was real book, but that it's actually actual history history yeah barfing man says doesn't li re-listen to depressing episodes totally fine i used to re-listen to the show i think i've used to listen to the show more often now i just produce too much stuff i don't i listen to it two or three times before it's released while i'm editing it and things like that but um good night free yeah thanks for coming out have a happy thanksgiving um uh, Bonkelman says, when you consider requests, you have some criteria in mind. Yes. 
this is generally what I look at when I get requests. One, how is it obscure? Like, is it super well known? Because that's really the main thing. If it's super well known, that's why I've never covered like the Great Reset. I've never covered um, basic references to like QAnon. I've never done a deep dive into that. The reason why I covered Adrenochrome was because Sean Puff Teddy Combs wrote that book, wrote that book, The Adrenochrome Witch. So, you know, that was a, if it's, here's the thing, is it obscure? First thing. Secondly, if it's not obscure, is there a new spin on it? So Adrenochrome, everyone knows about that. The Adrenochrome Rich, written by Sean Puff Daddy Combs. There we go there. Um, and then, is it funny or creepy? So when you're looking at stuff, like, or super interesting. Someone last night, dear... Der Gobelman, dear Grobelman, I, I think it's on YouTube, sent me an article or sent me a, a lead for the story. I spent the next, and I knew, normally don't spend this long, right, reading articles. I spent the next two hours reading this guy's life story. Super obscure, never heard about it. It's not spooky. It's not scary, but it's incredibly interesting. So that's really the criteria. How obscure is it? If it's obscure, is there something else going on? Is it funny or is it spooky or is it interesting? And sometimes it's all three. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to try this. Zolo, Zolitz, Quintle, SF. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. And you have a Thanksgiving. You have a happy Thanksgiving as well. You have a happy Thanksgiving as well. Thank you, the Rampart. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Soybean taking over the world. Um, that episode gets... My number one episode is nicotine conspiracy theory. Um, is nicotine healthy for you? Recently, someone... There's a big YouTube channel called Blame It on Jorge. Covered some... Oh, Medieval Found Footage. They covered Medieval Found Footage. So I've been getting a lot of hits on that video. And um, yeah, the soybean is soybean intelligent. Uh, so a grand grand unified soy theory. It was the name of that episode. That one gets a lot of stuff. Um, were, was I a fan of Art Bell's catalog? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a bit of a hipster though. I don't know if this is anti hipster or hipster. I um I really like George Nori. I really like George Nori. Um, he was the one that I listened to the most. I remember. When I lived in Sacramento, I had a period of time. It was about three months. I didn't have any electricity. So my only entertainment was a portable DVD player that I would power up during the day at college. I think I might have had a laptop, but this was back in like 2004, 2005. I did have a laptop, but it, there was, the internet wasn't around like it is today. I don't even think YouTube was around. So I'd watch Star Trek Voyager on my miniature DVD player, and I would listen to George Norrie at night on my battery-powered radio. So yeah, it kept me going. I think these types of these type of shows are important. They were important to me. So thank you, Callum, for that question. They're you know they were important for me. Like I know what it's like to be alone, and I know what it's like to have a hobby that either people think is super weird. They think you're super weird for having it, or they think you're dumb for having it. And being able to sit in the dark and go to bed listening to George Norway talk to people like me 
And then, you know, Mysterious Universe was the same thing, where here was this guy. I, I, I've listened to it over the years, but when I first started listening to it, it was just the guy. And just talking about cool ghost alien stuff. It makes you not feel alone. And I think that's the most important thing that people can do for each other. It's not a special superpower. It's not something that, because I'm a podcaster, right? We can all make each other not feel alone. So, yeah, that's what George Norrie did for me. All that stuff. Yeah, and that's a good question, Caleb. What are some popular or non-obscure theories? This is a question from Khaki Cube. What are some popular or non-obscure theories, paranormal events that you think could possibly be true? Um, I think there's a lot of them. I think that paranormal events, again, most of the time people are like, I saw a ghost walking on the hallway. That's fine. I'm not, I, that doesn't affect me. Whether or not they saw a ghost or saw an aura, whether or not they, they saw an alien or UFO, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect anyone. It's probably an interesting story. It may be true. I'm going to accept it at a face value. It's when people start trying to fleece other people. And this, I think you guys might have caught on to. I didn't say this when I was wrapping this episode up. When people, st- when people are selling $90 glasses telling you can see auras, that's ripping people off. When people are telling you you can attend their workshops to find out if you were reincarnated from Atlantis, you're ripping people off. If someone's just telling you, hey, you know, I, I'm from Atlantis. Okay, that's, that's totally fine. Thank you, UG. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. But when people start grifting each that's when I'm, again, that's when I start to get skeptical. That's when I'm like, okay, well, let's hold on here. Um, let's see what this is all about because I think someone's ripping each other off. But, it's, but I think as far as, so paranormal stories, when Miley Cyrus... And Demi Lovato recently said that they saw UFOs. I'm like, yeah, they probably did. They they very may well have seen unidentified flying objects or actual alien ships. I don't know. I hope they had fun seeing them. They're probably telling the truth. But when it comes to stuff like Yanni eggs, that's when I'm a little more... I'm not answering your question. It's funny because I'm thinking the paranormal part, as far as conspiracies being true... Um, I think a lot of the, I remember hearing a conspiracy theory a long time ago that, uh, Lou Pearlman, the, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, but it was a conspiracy that Lou Pearlman, the manager of the Backstreet Boys, um, was raping them. I remember hearing that a long time ago through like some back channels in the music biz. I don't even remember where I heard that from. It's from one of my friends. We were all making music together. I'd heard that, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Apparently, he raped the Backstreet Boys when they first got started. And I was like, what are you talking about? And and apparently, I guess, he did one of them. Like, it turned out to be true. He's in prison now, but I think he's in prison now for, like, tax fraud. So it's stuff like that. It's those little weird conspiracies that you hear, like, you've got to sleep your way to the top, and then... Like Birdman starts banging Lil Wayne and all sorts of <laughs> weird, those type of conspiracies, I believe more. And those are, again, very mainstream. If you're into uh, hip hop, you've definitely heard about Birdman and Lil Wayne. I hope it's not true. Let's see here. Yeah, no problem, Moss. No problem at all. I'm just reading these here. Uh, Lanny, Lanny Akea said, what do I think about when a place that's supposed to be haunted is guarded by other people? 
not like monks and robes or anything like that, but when like the county purchases the property, we actually did that. Another story like that just the other day where there was a house that was supposed to be haunted that the county purchased. I find that extremely suspicious. I find that extremely, extremely suspicious when you have the government blocking off access to supposed haunted places. So yeah, even though it is a, it's, that's funny because charging people to go into a haunted house to me, that could be kind of a grift, but again, it's not hurting anyone. You have fun time walking around in a haunted house. It costs you five bucks when you're paying like uh, the rampart says $2,000 an hour to go to a seminar to see if they're from Mars. That's a grift. When you're ripping them off, William Bertles, thank you very, very much for that donation. Um, and then, yeah, UG as well. I wanted to appreciate that. UG said DRR is the most underrated content on YouTube. Really appreciate that. And William Bertles says that thanks for keeping company in my mind intrigued during a difficult, lonely year. I've been hearing that from a lot of you guys. So I'm glad that this show has been there. I mean, d- dude, it definitely helped me. Those first six weeks or whatever was. Um, Dude, I was just petrified, man. Nobody knew anything. I was super scared. Thank you, Jones. Thank you. Really, really appreciate that. I was the little little pear dude doing the bow. Um, I was super paranoid. I'm glad that I had this show to do. I'm glad that I didn't take any time off. I'm glad the show helped you guys as well, helped the community going. Um, Yeah, I'm glad I was able to help you guys out because you guys helped me out as well. Um, UG says your Sodom and Gomorrah episode was dark, dude. Was that the one where God was raped? I'm pretty sure that was that episode. That was a dark one. That's an episode that I thought was, I enjoyed making that episode. That's not an episode I don't think anyone could listen to. It's not like a Serbian film, but it's not an episode you want to listen to twice. I think it's an interesting story, and I think it's a rough ending. Um, Yeah. Yeah, God was raped. I mean, that's a powerful statement. Um, that was real. Like when I was doing the uh, conspiracy theory iceberg, that was one of the um, that was one of the episodes that I really wanted to cover. Was that one? Um, that topic because it's just so evocative. Um, but yeah, no, it was really interesting. The um, Shane Fitzgerald said, have I caught any flack? No. The only episode, the episodes that I caught the most flack for, um, Harry Potter was not written by J.K. Rowling. I, to this day, get comments about what an idiot I am for not reading the books and having an opinion on it. Which if I responded to stuff, I'd go, you don't listen to every episode of my podcast. So how can he have an opinion on my podcast? See, the thing is, is like I don't react to negative comments. I stopped reading them at a certain point. And thank you, fellow content creator. You had mentioned that earlier as well about supporting the show, and I really appreciate that. I don't read negative comments. Um, the fanatics, I don't read negative comments. If I start to recognize a certain username, they're constantly leaving negative comments. I just stop reading their comments because um, some people, that's what they'll do. I got, I'm too busy for that. I'm too busy for that stuff. Um, that's funny. Free number 22 said, uh, God was raped. Sounds like a dark metal band. I'm assuming band, not a dark metal bank to go there. Everyone's in goth makeup. I, um, no, it's a good episode. It's not an episode you'd want to listen to twice. I think the episode with my uncle is probably an episode you don't want to listen to twice. Um, 
Yeah, there's some episodes that are darker. I try to space those out because I want the show to be... There's a difference between it being creepy and it being depressing. And sometimes there's a line there. Um, sometimes there's a line there. Like, God Was Raped wasn't supposed to be creepy. I remember the one, the guy with the nail jacket. Um, that was one that I had I had those notes ready to go for like four months. And I was like, no, nah, I got to have the right time for this. This story is really, really distressing. And again, it was a story that I recorded it and I actually edited some of the grosser stuff out. Like this isn't gonna. This doesn't add anything to the story. In fact, it goes from being creepy to depressing at that point. So those are all determinations you're gonna make because at the end of the day, you listen to this because one, you want the company, you want to hear the stories. George Norrie wasn't doing podcasts. George Norrie on the radio wasn't making you go to. He might make you scared as you were going to sleep, <clears throat> but. <clears throat> But he never made you, as far as I remember, I never felt depressed. Maybe a little hopeless if I thought the world was going to end. But I didn't feel down. <coughs> no, you guys always leave positive comments, Kaki. Shane, no, it wasn't the nail gun murders. I forgot about that one. It was the guy who had nail. He had a jacket. He had a long nether jacket with nails sticking out of it. And studded nail collars. And he was raping women. It was rough. <clears throat> it was like back in the 70s. Yes, XM64. I was thinking about that. I was listening to Dead World the other day. I have two rap songs on my YouTube channel. Dead World Part 1 and 2. Yeah, I can't think of a good name. The story with the gang that went to the diner in New York. That's another one. that I. There's a story that I have that I came across, and it was so horrific. I go, I have to talk about that on my show. And then I thought, this is so horrific. I can't talk about it on my show. It's like something right out of a horror movie. It happened super recently. It happened in Oregon during the Great Fires. It's a horrifying, horrifying story. So you have to figure the, that balance out. Maybe I'll do that story when more time has passed. Maybe. But you have to balance that stuff. Um, The I'll do the quick and leave. I'll do a quick rundown and then we'll probably wrap it up. Levi, uh, the car, the castration fetish to me, they're see, that's not to me. Those stories are funny because everyone in it is a willing participant. If they were kidnapping people and cutting their balls off just because they were serial killers or whatever like that, it would be creepy. I probably wouldn't cover it as often. It's the fact that all three people could get together and all of them decide to chop off somebody's balls. It's super weird. I'll tell you this story. I don't have all the details with it, but it may ruin your Thanksgiving. So um, we're, we'll wrap it up like this. I'll tell you this story that recently happened here in the Great Fires. And if you don't want to hear it, if you don't want it to be depressing, have a happy Thanksgiving. Here we go. So again, I don't have the details. I don't have the dates and everything like that. I'll put it in the show notes. I don't, I don't, I don't have the articles. There was this big wildfire up here in Oregon. See you later, T-Man. There's a big wildfire up here in Oregon. They were going on for a while. And there was this house in the middle of the woods. And like many people, they lived out there. And the fire was approaching, but it was far enough away. They weren't in immediate danger. So the dad goes, there's like a dad, a mom, a son, and a grandma. And a dog, I believe. 
And the dad goes, I'm going to run to the town to get some supplies. And then I'm going to come back and I don't, we'll just hang out here or something like that. Like, I don't really understand what their battle plan was, but the dad leaves. And while the dad's gone, there's a huge change in the weather and the fire begins to do a beeline right for that house. This is, again, really depressing, guys. So the kid and the grandma, and I think the whole family gets into the car. The whole family gets into the car. The dad's gone. So the mom, the grandma, the kid, and the dog are all sitting in the car. And the fire engulfs the vehicle. And the woman, the mother, apparently, like the tires melt. The tires melt. I'm trying to remember the exact sequence of events here. So they're all in the car. We'll jump ahead. So what happens is the dad is driving back to the house. The fire enveloped the house. He doesn't know it yet. He's driving back to the house. I guess he has to like secretly stealth by some firefighters. Or maybe this part of the road wasn't even barricaded at this point. He's driving, he's driving, he's driving. And there's just flames everywhere. He sees that the area that his house is on fire. He's totally freaking out. And then he sees a figure walking down the street. And it is someone burned from head to toe. Walking out of the fire. Fire just smoking. Skin still smoking. And he runs and he throws a blanket around this person. Can't tell if it's a man or a woman. It's just this person. Everything's burned off. Throws a blanket around the person. Throws the person in the back seat. And the person goes, hey, comfy. Hey, yeah, have a great one. Or, um, yeah, thank you. And then um, the person in the back seat, he goes, I need to. Um... The woman goes, oh, now I give it away. The person in the back seat says, take me to the hospital. And the guy says, I have to find my family. I have to go find my wife and kids. And that's when the person in the back seat goes, I am your wife. And she was so badly burned, he couldn't even recognize her. Everything was completely gone from her. True story. It sounds like an urban legend. Sounds like something out of a horror book. But he did. Yeah, he took her to the hospital. And then it turns out that the car was completely engulfed in flames. I think she jumped out of the car and ran is what happened. Or the car caught on fire and the woman was still in the house. She couldn't get to the car, so she just took off through the fire running. And the um, the son, they found the grandma in the car. They, everyone was dead in the car. The grandma was trying to drive the car. The tires had melted. And the boy was holding his dog. And they were all burned to death. So super grisly, super dark. It sounds like an urban legend story. Yeah, I know. I know, guys. I told you. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a that was a story that I was like, I remember reading that thing. It sounds like an urban legend. It sounds like Rampart says, sounds like a creepypasta. Jones says, sounds like something on Snopes. Um, a, a dark story, a dark story. Um, but yeah, I was like, dude, uh, I don't, I think his wife may still be alive. I'm not for sure. It was big news. It was absolutely big news in the area because it was such a shocking story. But, um, yeah, I was like, I remember get, prepping it up and stuff like that. And I thought, um, nah, I don't want to share this story. Like, this isn't, and you guys are like, tell it on Thanksgiving. 
Dylan on Thanksgiving, I thought, you know, because you listen to the podcast again, you want to be creeped out, you want to have a laugh, you want to hear something interesting. I have to be careful of how grisly this stuff gets. And when I do it, there has to be a, this story. If I told on the podcast, it would just be like, oh, here's a creepy. You know what I mean? It is creepy, but uh, there's that depressing element to it as well. But <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Don't let it. Don't let it be sad, though. I mean, it's a sad story. But you know, um, yeah, it's it's a sad. Story. There's no uplifting side to it. There's no uplifting side to it. Um, no, I have not heard of a hamburger lady song. I might be able to check that out. But yeah, they're writing about a burn victim. Um, yeah, the Barfy man. That story about the guy who was wearing the Santa Claus suit and threw a Molotov cocktail and it melted to his skin. So, yeah, that was a story that I remember thinking was too depressing, but I, my level of interest, I'd been, that was a story I'd been thinking about for years. Oh, and then Kat, we'll wrap it up like this because I do have to uh, take off. But as far as going, as far as what I think about Skinwalker Ranch, it's funny. I just read an article the other day about how the security personnel there make stories up because their boss gets mad when people don't see anything. So they say that they actually, they just make stuff up. Skinwalker Ranch is one of those things. I know like Jet Propulsion Labs, I believe is out there. A bunch of scientific groups have been out there and things like that. I don't, it may be real. It may be real. Um, it's something that I looked into a lot back in the day and then it became just so well known that I've just kind of gathered stuff through osmosis here and there. Um, again, it's one of those places that they're like, here, we can get scientific proof of this stuff. Why do you want scientific proof of it? Like, even if you have scientific proof, people's going to question the science, just enjoy, just enjoy it. Enjoy the experience. Don't, you don't have to try to convert other people. And then, um, yeah, I, you know, I've looked into it. It's not, I'm not a huge, um, I've like Hitler conspiracies and Nazi conspiracies to me, those are pretty well known, um, I've looked, I've looked into some of the people who were involved in esoteric Hitlerism. Like one of them killed himself by jumping into a, like a piano string or he did something super weird. He jumped, he jumped into a piano. Like one of the guys killed himself by jumping like face first into a bandsaw or something like that. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. But the fact that people think that a world leader is actually some sort of deity or some sort of God, whether or not it's seen, that's the thing, like, because it involves Hitler, it has a certain level of, like, ooh, it's more spooky. But it's no different than people who thought, like, Stalin was the reincarnation of a god. Or, um, you know, all the Chinese dynasties are supposed to be descended from gods. So the, the story itself isn't super interesting to me. That's basically what it is. A group of people believe that their leader is from God. And that it goes on this very day. Whether that leader is from your local church, or it's the president, or it's some king, or something like that. So yeah, yeah. Esos I'm sure there are people who believe in esoteric Stalinism. Why wouldn't there be? Like it, I know I, that's the thing. I've looked into it, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Sometimes there's stuff where it's just like it would be me reading, a, a reading facts, and that's not fun. So it'd be like this person believes this about Hitler, and this person believes this about Hitler. And then this other person believes that there's like three of the main ones. And I go, isn't that wacky? Like it's interesting, but I, it's, it doesn't really translate to a podcast. Um, that'd basically be what it would be. Um, and again, I think it's, it's the same thing as there are people who it would basically be the equivalent of like, 
anyone believing their particular world leader at, at that particular time was a um, descended or chosen by God to run and things like that. Yeah. So I think that is interesting. So the same thing with uh, Adam Waffen or the Order of the Nine Angels. It would be me reading facts about those groups. All of those groups are very well known. You can definitely check them out on Wikipedia. There's been tons of articles written on them. I've researched them. It would basically be me saying this, this, this is a thing. And that's not super interesting to me. And I don't think it comes across well on a podcast, especially when you can read that stuff online. You can dig into it as much as you want. What would what would the podcast episode be? Like, what, how would I, what would I do? What would I say about those groups? It would be the same thing. You know what I mean? I get that those groups have a, like people assign them a different level of, um, I don't want to say value, but a different level of, of intriguingness of intrigue because it's related to him. But I've never, like, I've never been super into, uh, Nazi myths or, uh, you know, I've never seen them as this like super, um, interesting thing. So I think that's why usually when I'm reading them, I'm just like, eh, because I was never into them. And then, yeah, when it, when I'm doing stuff like a group, it's it's just like, here's a group. This is what they do. I've done death cults, but it's not just like the co- colonial Dignidad. Um, that was that group had a middle, a beginning and an end. It ended. And I was able to tell the story of this rise of power and then the height of corruption and then their downfall. There's a narrative arc by just saying these groups exist. There's not not really any narrative hook there. Even esoteric Hitlerism was like, these people believe this thing, and then one guy jumped into a bandsaw or however he killed himself, and that's it. And it's just what everyone else believes. But no, I appreciate the suggestions, but I, a lot of people have recommended those over the year, two years, and it's just not, it's just not super interesting to me. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Taking a look at these other things. Kali Yuga, I can look into it, but I, I I might have come across that, but I might have not. It may fall into that same thing where it's just um, a group that exists. So we'll take a look at it, but I'll check that out. Um, I would recommend emailing me that so I make sure you get credit because a lot of times when I have to give credit for the chat, I have to go fighting through it. I have to go through it. But I'm going to head out now. I actually have to now process this episode, get it uploaded to the podcast. I got to do a couple little tweaks and stuff like that. Okay, Kali Yuga is the Nazi version of Ragnarok. Yeah, I can check it out. We'll see what it's like. Um, We'll go from there. But guys, go ahead and email me that stuff. You guys have a good one, guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for everyone coming out. Um. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I just don't do like doing quick fact stories. I like telling a story. I don't. I, they're boring to record and they're super boring to edit. And I'm sure they're boring to listen to. But you guys have a great Thanksgiving. You guys have an awesome weekend. I'm gonna get this uploaded. We're gonna have uh, you guys. I'm gonna have a fun weekend. Hopefully, I hope you guys have a fun weekend. Thank you for joining us here today at Dead Rabbit Radio. I love you guys, and I will see you on Monday. Go back here. I'll see you guys on Monday. Hey, no problem. You guys, thanks for being here. Thank you for being here. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Wave. And oh, you know what? Let's give Veronica in here for the ending. She didn't get to join her episode. Uh, 
We'll end it like this. Uh...